was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome to Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And welcome to episode 65. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like that number. I don't. I just don't know. But uh, today, the title is Ownership Opportunities. Okay, we're going to be talking about Diddy uh, buying back Sean John before a couple of million dollars. We're talking about Triller and Versus going public. And yes, we will be talking about Big Sean responding to Kanye, but kind of in a more business branding twist to it. And then uh, NFT ownership. Moose, how are we feeling about this? Yeah, I'm excited. This takes a different lens or a different approach to look at ownership. The title is actually a play on words, folks. It's not just ownership opportunities, but is opportunities to ownership. So I see what you, I'm I see what you did there. I see what you did. Yeah, yeah, why, yeah. Why, why'd you do that? Why, why'd you do that? Uh, just trying to give people a different perspective to listen to. This is going to be exciting. All right. Let's Are get into this the intro. Title? No, oh. no, we're not changing the title. I'm with it. <laughs> Let's go into this intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And you already know what time it is. It is the review of the week. And I'm going to do another YouTube comment because we just hit uh, 3,000 subscribers on YouTube. Mm. Okay. All right. So got to show YouTube a little bit of love. This was from the clip that we did of B. Simone and David Shan's interview about secrets to social media. So this one's important. Felt like Nikki was talking directly to me in this one. Lots of takeaways I need to come back to. Started two years ago on YouTube, but watched a lot of successful tubers to emulate. But I'm still copying them. There's a different way of seeing this that is not incorporated. It remains hidden as a main attraction that only you get to visit. Social media is about inviting outsiders. I want to say along the ride. I'm not really sure, but mm. that's what I'm going to say. Mm. I mean, I mean, wow. Shout out. Uh, shout out to everybody who watches us and comments on our YouTube. Shout out to everybody who leaves us a review on Apple Podcasts and Podchasers. And of course, shout out to our viewers, our listeners, our however you were experiencing this podcast. Uh, we appreciate you and all that great stuff. Moose. Big facts. How, Big facts. How are we feeling? Man, pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Just, uh, well, we're actually recording this on Christmas Day. Yes. Right? Yes, so, we are. Um, I hope you all enjoyed a very happy, holly, holy, merry Christmas Uh Things are going great. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what, though? I will say this. 
I don't know. I'm just I'm just trying to wish the people some good vibes okay. on their Merry Christmas. All you right. know, I'm send some good it. vibes to the Merry Christmas. But I will say I I'm actually really excited to see a lot of the comments that have been coming in with a lot of people just coming across the platform or the podcast for the very first time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow. Like, you know, like it's it's crazy because when you do something like this, you start to lose track of who is still discovering you or who's even still listening or what's happening. Right. So to see some comments of people actually taking time out of their day to be like, hey, just came across this. This is the best thing that's ever happened for me during Christmas and I'm going to binge watch. I was like, wow, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. That that made me, that made my day. I'm not going to lie. So that was a good Christmas gift. I'm excited for that. Thank you. That is good. That is good. Um, I actually, I actually got a question for you. Okay. It kind of started off. Okay. Yeah, so, it's different. So by the time this hits, the next, not this one, but the next one is already going to be New Year's. Okay. Mm. So out of all of 2021, right? Yeah. What was the biggest lesson that you got from this year from the podcast? Mm. I know, I know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-mm-mm. Got him. Got him. Man, man. And we've done so much this year on yep. the podcast alone. I mean, yep. if you think about it, I believe if I'm not mistaken, we opened up the year interviewing like the entire team, right? Carl, mm-hmm. CJ, E. We opened up the team with that. So it was like Three big interviews back to back. Yep. Uh, we also had Inky on the on the, Inky on the was podcast the first, this yeah, year. Yeah, Inky was the first one, I think. Um, oh, really? To open the year was that, but that was twenty one. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we started. Okay. We started the podcast October twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. And so we hit a year uh, this past October. Past October. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just like thinking back on all the the incredible guests, like, uh, man, someone, yeah, I I thought it, I can't point it to like one lesson. The thing that comes up to my mind is uh, what Inky said during one, during the interview we had with him about how he keeps journals for each one of his children Mm -hmm. as a way to preserve legacy. Yeah. I thought that was like really unique. So I appreciated that concept of just like, yo, there's a way to teach things to people that you care about. Although they may not understand it right now, there's Mm -hmm. a way to still like not just shove that under the rug and be like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Uh, You don't get it and just leave it at that. But actually documenting why and that when they get to another age, they can come back and read and say, oh, this is really what happened behind a move, whether it turned out for good or not so good, they can hear it firsthand from you. So I don't know. I, I appreciated that. I think that's the one thing that sticks out to me when you, when you ask that question right now. Good. Good. Look, I, yeah. you, you didn't get too stumped. You didn't get too stumped. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just, I was just reflecting on the number of guess. I mean, we had Sean on, um, man, yeah, there was just a lot of great, a lot of great guests throughout the year. What was, what was your, uh, what was your, Big takeaway. Um, I would have to. Um, I would have to say when Connie got on, 
and the mm. true importance of documentation. You know what I mean, like um, mm. just really opening my eyes for how, you know, from that point on and definitely for the next year, how are we documenting ourselves so we can get rid of some of the smaller tasks as well as make sure that if anything happens to you, like you're good, right? Clearly mm -hmm. that was an eye-opening situation for me this week. So, um, mm. and, and if you missed the, the YouTube live um, and you were listening to our after show, which uh, please get the after show on Apple Podcasts, a little slight plug. But um, I was saying I, I was really feeling horrible the last episode. And yes, I caught COVID. <laughs> so the documentation is definitely uh, something that uh, I was like, oh, yeah, we need to we need to look into that a little bit more. So that was that was it. But uh, let us yeah. know. Let us know what was your biggest lesson from the Nikki and Moose podcast. Okay. Let us know, put it on our social medias, uh, DM us, however you feel like doing it. Let us know this. All right. Get me. Yeah. But let's get into this episode. Diddy. All right. Diddy buys back Sean John clothing brand. For seven point six million dollars? Hmm. Wow. Um, yeah. So first off, I I wanna say that that's that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Um now I did find a really dope quote that he said about it, right? Um I launched Sean John in nineteen ninety-eight with the goal of building a premium brand that shattered traditions and introduced hip hop to high fashion on global scale. Uh, seeing how streetwear has evolved to rewrite the rules of fashion and impact culture across countries, I'm ready to reclaim ownership of the brand, build a team of visionary designers and global partners to write the next chapter of Sean John's legacy. Um, okay, maybe I'll mm. give an unpopular op opinion or perspective. I'll, I'll do this. I'm not really sure, not really sure why he's getting back into clothing. I'm not really sure about this. I think with the success of Ciroc and De Leon and everything that he has going sure why he would do this now what i what i will say maybe he saw that it was back up for auction and he was like okay all right i sold it i made my money but i can't let this continue to go to company to company you know private investor to private investor let me let me grab it back so maybe that was it you know maybe that's the situation and if that is because, I mean, it is his name, right? Like it is. I was going to say. Yeah, it is his I name. I was about to say. So I, I can I can understand it. But at the same time, like I wonder. What, like I wonder, like if it's just for let me get my name back. Cool. 
But if it's for anything else, I'm I'm almost questioning like why? Why? Yeah. Cuz yeah. you you yeah, build businesses to sell them. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I I heard and we covered this on the podcast actually where Virgil talked about the importance of not you making your brand name your actual name. Yes. Because in a way you're then limited to what you can do. Right. So I, I do remember that. And and you're, it's funny, I didn't read that anywhere, but as you were talking, I'm like, yeah, I think you might've bought it back because it's actually his name and it would suck to have somebody else right. manage your name and you don't really have much say in it, right? Like whatever they do with the company, they can turn it into, I don't know, something else. And you're like, dang, that's my name on that brand and I can't do anything with it. So I think that's a big part of it. But also if the numbers add up and and the facts check out, he sold the company or 80% of the company for 70 million. Mm. And now he's buying it back for seven. Yeah. No, he put the bid for like 3.3 mil at first. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying like, if you sold something for 70, and you're able to buy it back for seven, let's just say a tenth of what you what you already sold it for, right. and and you feel confident. Now, here's what I will say: Diddy does have the track record of building out phenomenal teams to run his companies and his enterprises. That is true. So I was actually listening to, and it's funny, I was going to send you this interview. I'll share it with you after either way. But he did he did a, he sat down with Issa Rae. On, oh, I on, watched that. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was I was watching that. And, and he was talking about that the person who oversees all of his companies now started out as an assistant, as a personal assistant. Mm. So it's like he, it, it, it kind of shows the track record of you took someone from literally the very beginning of their career to now being the president of all of your businesses, mm-hmm. it kind of shows that you have the opportunity or the ability to develop. So I, I think that could be another one of the reasons why he feels comfortable getting back in that industry. Right. It's like, okay, well, let me get some of the right pieces in place and let them kind of build this thing out for me. Again, especially if I got it at a fraction of the price. But I would be interested, and I don't think it's out of question, maybe... Yeah, I'm, I feel comfortable predicting that here on Nika and Moose that I can see Sean John changing the name of that that brand uh, to something else, like actually going through a name change. Really? I wouldn't be surprised. Like if the goal is to sell it again, like do you think about maybe like building it up and maybe selling it up, selling it again. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if he changes it because I don't. What other companies or brands does he have right now that still use? His name. I don't think any, right? Nah. Revolt. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. The, I'm, hey, you, you heard It'd it be here interesting first. To see. You heard it yeah, here first. Yeah, it's a little prediction. A little prediction. Uh, we'll see. I don't. I don't know. Um, but uh, Diddy, if you want to send us some Sean John or whatever you want to call it, we're here for it. We're here for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're here for it. So somebody said, does that mean the velvet suits are coming back in? Uh, <laughs> the the funny thing Coming is I was I was looking at um I was looking at some old Diddy videos it's like twelve years ago and it was like when Sean John the logo had changed from like a cursive 
to like bold, right? And mm-hmm. it was like uh, they were showing new track suits and everything like that. I'm like, oh man, that's yeah, that's some. But everything yeah. comes back. Everything comes back. For sure. So. For sure. Sure. It is. It is what it is. You know what I mean? But let's talk about uh, one of the favorite topics of this year. Clearly, in on Nikki and Moose, uh, Triller, right? Um, and the versus camp, right? So Triller to go public in reverse merger with video tech company Sea Change. Now, uh, some people are like, "What? What does this even mean, Moose? What is?" What does this mean for the people? What what exactly? Yeah. yeah, a reverse merger is when a private company becomes a public company by purchasing control of another public company. So in layman's terms, that means Triller is a private company. Mm-hmm. And instead of them going through the process of submitting their paperwork to be, you know, or filing for an IPO to become and have their initial public offering. They just went ahead and purchased a company that is already public, right. that has already gone through the process, and they acquired them. So typically, we're accustomed to seeing the larger organizations like the Googles and the Facebooks and the Amazons acquiring these smaller private companies mm-hmm. so that they can add them to their portfolio. Well, in this case, you had a private company acquire a company that was already public. And it and because of the two merges or the fact that they merged that way, it be it put it at an evaluation of five billion, mm. which is a big number. And yeah, that, that, say that it's, one more it's time. definitely a very say that, interesting. Say that one more time. Yeah, it puts them at a five billion dollar, would it be five billion dollar evaluation? Sheesh, sheesh. Now, what uh, some don't know, right, is that, um, uh, well, of course we know they acquired Versus, right? The live stream music platform launched by Swiss Beats and Timbaland. But the company also owns Amplified.ai, a customer engagement platform, Fit or Fight, or I think it's Fight, um, a sports and entertainment pay-per-view streaming site, and... Tuvio, Tuvio, that's how you say it, which produces Mm -hmm. influencers, events and experiences. So it's not just a social media platform like a fake TikTok. It's a whole bunch more that because even me, I was like, okay, um, do they have enough power to go public? Like, is this something that. I may want to like look into other people would be watching what, and then I'm seeing all the things that they've acquired and I'm like, Oh, they have a full blown system. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're not just, let me do some videos and some posts and we keep it moving. That's not what this is. Which is, which is why I think they were receiving some backlash is because people questioned if they had the same number of customers or users that they projected to have Mm -hmm. so i and that's the interesting thing is that if you don't fully know what other businesses or industries a company is involved in Mm -hmm. you you might question the depth of their reach right but i think now that you see that they're involved in some of these different avenues it could be one of the reasons why it made sense 
I like it. I, I think, and <clears throat> and of course, if this goes, well, when, not if, when this goes public and everything, the people who were involved with Versus are going to get a good amount of money. I'm interested to see how much that is. Because remember, if, if, if y'all forgot, everybody who did Versus early, uh, what do they get? They get like, uh, they got equity in, mm-hmm. in everything. Right. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're, you're talking about multiple rappers plus of course, Swiss and Tim having a good amount of equity in there and plus a position in the app and like a creative position in the app. I think that is huge. And that really shows the power of influence and partnering with a platform to not only get your idea and um, the movement further, but also taking an idea and now turning it into a tech company. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that's that's genius. This is something that's going to put Swizz and Tim on a whole new stratosphere. I think they're going to be looked at as, you know, people who build bridges for artists, especially like all the artists who weren't really getting their songs and music appreciated as much as they were back in the day. Like, you know, the, the, the young Jeezy's and the Nelly's and all the DMX even. I mean, a lot of people who had amazing music and incredible catalog, but then it, it just got love again once they were put on the platform. So it's going to be very interesting to see. I like it. I like it. Congrats to Swiss. Congrats to Tim. That's huge. Um, but let's get, uh, let's, all right. So let's get into this next topic. So y'all know I am a huge Kanye West fan and we did go over a little bit, not too crazy of when Kanye went to drink champs and that two part series kind of thing of that interview. Now, um, there was a lot of things he said and we didn't go too, too into the detail as far as the drama and the, you know, the clout that he normally does, but there was a certain artist that he mentioned that kind of just like saying it was the worst, you know, thing he ever done, which is big Sean. Now, big Sean went on drink champs and from a, from a response, I wanted to cover it because it's something that we all have to think about as brands, right? When we are offer certain opportunities, offer certain platforms and how do we go about it and what could be the ups and the downs. So uh, here was Big Sean's response to Kanye. You know, my manager saw my record deal and said, this is a record deal. I would never say that, though, because why is it an opportunity that I can work my way out of anything? And when you say management, you're not saying Rock Nation? Yeah, I'm saying Rock Nation. Okay, Rock yeah. Nation, okay. Yeah, who, actually, he hooked me up with, yeah, I'm saying Rock Nation. Mm-hmm. I'm saying Jay Brown. Yeah. I had to, wor- I had to work my way oh. out of my deal just wow. now. Wow. I had to work my way out of that deal. Okay. My man, like I said, I'm not to do right. it was a golden opportunity mm-hmm. i put at least 30 million dollars in this man pocket or more 
right. and he owes me money and he's up billions. Right. Him or his company. Right. right. He said that the masters, he said he was going to give his artists back his masters and it's just like, I, that hasn't happened yet, but that would benefit me a lot. <sighs> okay. So, first off, I'm not going to go too much, and we never really do he say, she say kind of vibes, right? But there was a point that I really wanted to talk about more in a conversational piece, which is sometimes we could get presented an opportunity that isn't necessarily in our favor. However, do you go based off what is best for, for you or do you know that you have that much confidence that you can leverage this opportunity for what you want down the line? It may be a little inconvenient. It may be a little stressful in the time of that contract or the time of that opportunity, but you know yourself that well that you can completely leverage it and it's fine. Now, in this situation, though he did say, I'm out of the, the, um, the contract now and we've seen the success of Big Sean, he also mentioned that he's out $6 million. Now, of course, we don't have facts or anything like that, but let's just say still there is there is a certain amount of things that aren't done that was supposed to be done. Right. Whether it is money, whether it is just promises, whatever tasks, whatever it is. Right. Just things just aren't easy. And I wanted to to talk to you most about it because it's like at looking at and not just staying in music, but just like looking at an opportunity to work with one of the biggest names in the industry. Right. Um, still getting somewhat paid, but probably not as much as you should. Right. Based off you're on this particular platform. Right. Um, Connections are, are given once you're on this particular platform. Um, mm, mm, mm. A, a certain machine is given to you because you're on this platform, right? Like, what do you think about going from taking advantage and leveraging the, the opportunity or being smart from the jump and maybe going the hard route at first. Hmm. So I'm, I'm not against leveraging opportunities. I think leveraging opportunities is a very smart and strategic thing to do, especially if you're coming from the absolute bottom. Mm -hmm. Like you need to latch on to any and everything that can give you a competitive edge. Right. You know, even when you look back at, Kanye and he how he got on, right? I think him latching on to Jay and all of the artists that he was able to get a hold of was his way of 
taken advantage of an opportunity or an invitation onto a platform that was given to him instead of absolutely doing it on his own. Now, there are others who, you know, of course, Toby comes to mind, Chance the Rapper comes to mind, who still within their control have been able to maintain their complete autonomy, their ownership, creative control, and still reach those levels of mainstream. And I'm sure it's it's still only the beginning and who knows what's going to happen further down the line. Right. The, mis the mistake, or at least through my opinion, that I think tends to happen is that you only bank on that one opportunity or that one platform to be the only platform. Mm -hmm. I hate to say it, but I do really truly believe that in the business world, you're only respected if you can create your own. Is that only? Well, yep. No, I agree. I agree. I you know gonna, what I'm saying? So I was going to play devil's advocate, but nope, yeah. I agree. I just, I just feel like, so even when you are a contributor to a platform, there's only so much that you can fully benefit until you create your own, until you build your own. I'm, and folks, if you're watching, go watch the video. I'm laughing because of Nikki. Uh, of course, uh, her facial expressions are one of a kind. But I truly believe that it, until you create your own, man, it, it's just going to be that same scenario. I'm only with you and rocking with you as long as I can benefit from you. Mm -hmm. But the minute that I need somebody to throw under the bus so that I can make my interview be absolute viral and crazy, go ahead, bro. Mm. <laughs> that truck is you, you going right under the truck. And, and I feel like that's what happened. So, and again, we don't care so much about, like you said, that he said, she said, because who knows the real facts of it. But mm. I think the reality of the situation in today's world, for many of us, we, we're, 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 big, we're big components or big fans of collaboration. We, we encourage collaboration. Yeah. We also encourage ownership. But I think between the two, never settle on, 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 an, on a partnership so much so that you forget to build your own. So even, even upon arrival, you should be looking for other opportunities to say, okay, how can I expand this? How can I make this better? How can I create something with what I've been given, leveraging some of the new information or the new relationships and partnerships that I've been offered as a result of my success or as a result of this partnership so that I can build something in addition to it? And again, I know it's not easy because a lot of us would like to think that, man, this is, this is the, the thing that we've all dreamed for, especially when it's your passion. I think that's what makes it difficult, especially for a big Sean. Right. Like if you grew up only wanting to be a musician or an artist and you finally achieved that with your idol of an artist, you, you, you're probably thinking like, that's it. I don't want to do nothing else. And unfortunately, there was more. Should have been. Possibly. Who knows? So this is such a... I don't know why I set myself up for this topic, but um, it's fun. It's fun. It, it is. It is. So uh, the thing is, like, I respect and love what Sean said as far as, you know, give me the opportunity. I can get myself out of everything like it, mm. it don't matter what it is. You know, my manager or whoever it was said that this was a horrible deal. 
one of the worst that he's ever seen, right? And I think as, as, as brands, we're going to see those situations um, at least once or twice in our career where the opportunity is amazing. It is something that you probably wouldn't have ever thought could happen or doesn't happen to many. And you're like, okay. Um, the amount of money that I could possibly get was, you know, it's not really there, but the opportunity to be here, the opportunity to do this, the opportunity, this is a once in a lifetime situation. Do I say yes or do I say no? Ah, like it happens, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I think what I'm going to say is, mm. say it, <laughs> say it. No, so <laughs> so what what I will say is I believe that everybody should go through that at least once. Mm. And I say that because you have to go through the experience sometimes to truly understand your worth. Now, that's for people who really see, who really get excited about the opportunity, who really thought about this opportunity and was like, oh my God, this is a dream come true. Woo dee woo. Not those people who already are like, I know it. I'm good. Right. Mm. Not those people. Mm. Right. But those people that believe that they need to be on a platform, believe that this is going to get them to the next. I do believe at least once to go through a situation like that. So it can make you stronger. So it can uh, so you could fully understand everything about your worth, right? And the ins and outs of your industry on how it should be done and how it shouldn't be done. Mm -hmm. So with how Big Sean, what, like, like we said, whatever the situation may be, he has now become a better leader. He has now probably mm -hmm. become a better communicator. He's probably had a certain kind of work ethic and a little bit more attention to contracts and certain situations more than he ever has. And that was only because of the situation that he's in or was in, you know? So I do, I do believe that opportunity at least once, okay? is something that you should take advantage and leverage because first off, it teaches you the ability to leverage an opportunity, whether it's a free opportunity, whether it's a paid opportunity, you learn how to leverage, squeeze everything out of an opportunity, right? Now you will be going through a roller coaster. You heard it. If you if you've watched the interview, everything from I'm literally there when that person calls. Right. I'm literally on the next flight. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing things that aren't even in my pay grade kind of vibes like I'm there like. Mm -hmm. And 
You're going to go through that. You have to figure out, just like how Big Sean did, how do you get yourself out of it at what point? When is it? Oh, here you go. I heard him. I heard. Actually, I, heard I, I, just, I just have a question. I just, okay. I just have a question. Okay. Do, do you think, mm-hmm. do you think. I, I, I do that once The in people, at, the, the Kanye's of, of that situation. Yep. Are they doing the Mr. Miyagi situation where it's like, oh, I'm doing this to prepare you because I know that you're not of that complete mold and you need to go through the, oh, question your worth, fight for your worth so that you can become a complete right being? I, I, I really, like, I'm really trying to figure out, like, yo, so we could is hope. that an in- We could hope. We could hope that's the yeah. situation, right? I don't, I, I don't believe that all situations that are given like opportunities like that is meant to screw you over. I don't necessarily believe that. Right. I do believe some opportunities that they do right by the person or by the situation. I do believe in that. Maybe that's my optimistic ways. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But I do understand that if I got you in this situation, I'm going to try to milk it until further notice. Right. That's crazy. That's crazy. It is what and you it know, is. And just because we're talking music, mm-hmm. just because we're talking music, for some reason, uh, False Prophets, mm. J. Cole song, that came to mind. I came to mind. Because I'm not going to lie. I was, I was, in, and I, and I, and I said it on, on, on the show, on the podcast, like, yo, I was very inspired by the way Kanye spoke on Drink Champs and on Joe Rogan. Yep. I just felt like it, this was someone who was talking from a completely free spirit. Like he just had no, nothing holding him back. Nothing him, nothing he felt could, you know, manipulate him or control him. And he was just speaking his truth. Right. But I also know that no one is perfect. So seeing some like seeing the other side of the story it kind of gave me like a false prophet vibe like okay anyone can create this euphoria around their being and who they are and what they know and what they can do and how they are with people but there's always and i don't want to say always because it's like dang but are you am i saying that about me and you Mm. i'm not because i you know what i'm saying Mm. But we're not we're not in that kind of position either. Like we're not we're not nine Billy crazy. So I don't know. And that's why I'm trying to say, like, is it a Mr. Miyagi situation? Is it something because we can't see up the hill? So from down here, it looks like something else. But up top, it would be different. Is it is it just like a a true false prophet situation? Like that's the that's the part that has me a little torn. Like, all right. All right. Because truth be told. And I and I can I can say this now comfortably. Mm-hmm. If that's what you told me the price of admission was, I don't want it. Mm. Like like if you told me I had to step on so and so's neck to get to the next level, I don't want it. Mm. I don't I don't want that to be the price of the admission of my next level. Okay. Because I feel like that's that's a that's a way that you pay you pay your way. In a worldly way, but there's still a hereafter. Like again, as a true believer, you can't feel like 
this is the end all be all. Like this is not the the final fight. Like there's there's something bigger that that we're still all working toward. Right. Like at the gates, there's gonna be something a different conversation. Again, I'm not trying to make it spiritual, but just for for me and <laughs> for me and my people, I just I I wouldn't want that to be my price of admission. Like if you told me that's what you had to do to get in, I'd say I'll pass. Not in the world. But how would you know? It's a great question. Just yeah. like we're here sitting debating if it's a Mr. Miyagi situation or not. We, we, we don't know. You think you know? So. <laughs> I love Moose. Um, so, like I said earlier, you, you never know, right, as far as that. It's. Instead of concentrating on that part, I would more concentrate on, am I still learning something from the opportunity that I have? And if I am not, what is the exit strategy? You know? Oh, I got another one. Oh, I got another he, one. He got okay. another one. Last got one. Another one. Okay. Last one. Last right. one. Is it Big Sean's fault? Hmm. So no, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to say no for the simple fact. Well, yes and no. How about that? Okay. I'm going to say yep. yes and yep. no. The reason why I say yes and no, because he understood at, at a point what was happening. Right. But he had enough confidence to say, I could get myself out of it. This is not super ideal, but I am in the position that I am because of Kanye. And I'm grateful for that. And so for that, I am going to up it and leverage the crap out of this until I get out. I'm not going to complain. I'm not necessarily going to, you know, go do temper tantrums and tell people to get me off the label. I'm just going to work to a certain point where I, I get myself off of it. Right. So mm. I say yes and no, because yes, he understood what was happening after a while, maybe not in the beginning because you get blinded by the opportunity, 100%. you know, you get blinded 100%. and it's, it's hard to say, don't get blinded by the opportunity until the opportunity is presented and you're like, no, yeah. you find every reason not to prove them right. hundred percent. You know, hundred percent. so yep. everybody's going to get blinded. Now, once, you know, you open your eyes and you're like, oh, first off, you're human. Mm -hmm. Second, this ain't, this ain't what this is this this right. is this is different right yeah yeah you have to go about it as what is the next steps for me mm -hmm. do i make a big stink out of it now or do i bow out gracefully in the time that it was supposed to because that's what he did yeah Contract yeah. was done or whatever. He met his whole situation and now he is free to do whatever he wants. Yeah. Yeah. Typically I would save something like this for final words, but 
I, I, I'm going to say it's his fault. I'm going to say it's his fault. Okay. Yeah. And okay. the reason, and, I, and the reason why I'm saying it is because it's easier to live when you take ownership over situations like that. I feel like it's always more difficult when you're saying, oh, well, some of it is my fault. Some of it is your fault. But when you when you find that you're the one to blame because you saw the pattern and you didn't make your adjustments or move accordingly, it's easier to just kind of take the blame and say, all right, let me take this one on the chin um, and keep moving. In other words, what I'm saying is you can only give your loyalty to people who want it. Like loyalty works. You can only give your loyalty to people who want it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I just... I, I just, I just felt like I needed that. I just felt like I needed that. Yeah. It's a good way to cap it. That's a good way to cap yeah. uh, it. Feel, I feel like this may be a, a further conversation in the after show. So small little plug. Um, go Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the after show. It's right on Nikki and Moose. It's right there. But um, let's get into this next segment clip, whatever I want to call it. Let's talk about it. Um, as we know, this NFT, we talk about it every single week now. Um, NFT, Web3, all that great stuff. And we, I, I was going over this interview with uh, Crook and, and Chameleonaire. Those who don't know, don't worry about it. It'll fly over your head. But Chameleonaire, um, y'all should know if you are, you know, a hip hop head. Um, he made a few, few songs, few good songs, and then went to the tech world. Okay. Uh, Texas rapper, um, riding dirty is the one that you probably know of. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I was very intrigued of like, yo, where has he been? Like, we keep hearing he's this great investor, you know, he's into the tech situation. What is happening? Right. And he was asked a question about this whole NFT situation. Are you going to drop an NFT? You know, um, are you going to come back to rap and, and, and do this NFT situation? You used to do things like that anyways, before the NFTs were happening. Um, and his response is something that we definitely have to talk about. Come on now. So once this kind of wave started happening, everybody hit me. Everybody's like, oh, Cam, you got to, you know, drop NFTs. You're going to make more right. millions, blah, blah, right. blah. And I'm not a person that just defaults to just always making money. Sometimes it's important to uh, not be the rapper or be on the other side. So I invest, you know, I'm investing like 60 plus companies. Like right. I've been chasing every company that I think is like where everybody's going to drop their NFTs to actually get some ownership in that. Because I do believe that there's a real wave coming. I'm not saying I'm not going to release an NFT, but that's right. like an individual goal. I put out an NFT and right. then I make me some money. But there's money to be made from ownership in a platform. Right. You know? Absolutely. You know, we talked about what, you know, people made off of Instagram when they invested in Instagram. Andreessen Horowitz invested $250,000 in Instagram and made $78 million. You know? A lot of us use Instagram, we ain't make nothing. You know what I'm saying? So if you know yeah, NFT yeah. wave is coming and everybody's going to be making them, why doesn't anybody think about being the owner in the platform? Sheesh. Go ahead. I uh, so I, I I'm not gonna lie. I've been a fan of Chameleonaire ever since he spoke on. Man, I forget the uh, the the gentleman's name. I'm gonna come back to it though. He's the he's the owner of like a protein supplement company. Oh, Tom Bu, I think his name Tom Tom Bu or something that, like yeah. that. But 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry if I messed up your name, Tom. It happens to me all the time. I am terrible. Uh, or my name gets made fun of often. So just in case you hear this, I apologize in advance. But yeah, I heard Chameleonaire on his platform did mm -hmm. a phenomenal interview. And I was like, whoa, yeah. I had no idea that that's how he moved, that that's what he was even up to at the time. So I think he's a very brilliant mind and understands business and tech at a very high level. Yep. I'm always appreciative of people who speak from that, which is not just seasonal, trending or new. Like okay. he's been in the space. He's been in the tech space for a minute. He's not just talking on it because, you know, Web3, NFTs, metaverse, like, no, he's, he's been in that space. So it's cool to see what he's saying because he's basically looking at where the traffic is going and he's putting his money on a safer bet. Not to say that NFTs are not a safe bet or that they're not a great investment, but there's going to be a lot more NFTs created than platforms to house them in. Mm. Right. So, so I think, I think this is a great opportunity for us to start seeing how some of these successful people think and they're able to almost reverse engineer or just look at something from a completely different purview or, or perspective and see that, okay, here's where everyone's going. Yeah. Instead of me just jumping in the crowd and trying to do what they're doing and become just another person who's fighting the good fight, hoping to come up on top. Why don't I just take a safer bet and provide something that they all need, which is a platform to purchase or secure their NFTs. Like a lot of these complementing services. And, I, and, and we've, we've mentioned this at some point for sure on the journey of the podcast, but sometimes when we, when people say collaboration over competition in business, especially from a service standpoint, it's really, it's really looking at products or services that complete what's what the product is doing or what the product needs yeah. instead of jumping into the market and competing with everyone else within it. So you can, you can develop a completing, not a competing, right. but a completing product or service because it's already there. There's a need for it. And you're just providing the convenience and the security. That's, that's really good. I don't know if I should say something, but I will. <laughs> Please do. So, um, I think that last bar that he said just really brought it to home where it was like, yo, they invested 250000 on Instagram and we all know how much they made off of it. And we're not making a single thing. If we are, it's coins compared mm -hmm. to those people who actually invested in the platform. And it goes more from not just being consumers and creators of the next wave, right? It becomes more of the investors and the platforms than necessarily, you know, and, and that's hard for me to think about because it's like, okay, something's coming new. How do we create on this? You know, mm -hmm. um, in a more influence kind of way and in a more, you know, um, for uh, early adapters, adopters on, on situations. That's that's how I'm always thinking about it. And then it's like, nah, you could do that. It, it could still happen, right? 
because you should be one of the biggest creators of something that you've invested in. You should be uh, one of the biggest creators, influencers that you have equity in and that you have some skin in the game in, right? Because not only, what was that, that, uh, was that hairline thing that men used to always say is like, not only am I, um, I'm the owner, but I'm a, a customer of it. Well, you know what I'm talking about? Where it's like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Somebody remind me what exactly what it was, but it was always for these balding men. And it was like, Oh, it works. Not Shout only am I the, the president, but I am also a Ball user. Folks. And it's like, okay, great. Right. Awesome. Right. But, <laughs> but, yeah. um, it's a ball it's joke. Like, it's a ball joke. You gotta be bald to get it, you know. I mean, shout out to the bald folks. Yeah, shout out to y'all. But I'm not. I don't Demos. have those problems. I don't have those problems. But um, <laughs> but it, it, you, it's all about changing the mindset. It's all, and that's why I love this clip because, especially with the Instagram thing, like I spent hours creating mm-hmm. for Instagram and, and super happy that they're finally monetizing it for creators. But even from a standpoint of a, a, an example of like the Instagram has reels, which are these short form videos. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you can make up to $8,500 in a month. Cool. You have to get 9.8 million plays. Sheesh. And I'm like, mm. that's crazy. Right, 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 right. I'm like, thank you, but something doesn't add up, right? Yeah. And how much are they making off of the 9.8? Right. That's crazy. Right. So you got to think of it like, okay. Um, now, granted, you you want to take things more into your, your own control with your content and blah, blah, blah. That, that's a whole nother topic within itself. But the way he's he's looking at it is like, look, I'm going to create the NFTs. I, I am later down the down the road. That's not my main thing. My main thing is if there is a new wave happening, how do I get in the game as far as ownership with it? Mm-hmm from these platforms rather than just a one and done situation, you know? Yeah. So, and that, and that doesn't just only have to be NFTs. What is something that a lot of people are starting to talk about and how can you get more skin in the game with that? Whether it is even from a brand ambassador standpoint where they give you some equity into it, you know, um, you know, creating your own kind of platform about it, you know, it's it's changing the mindset and, and shifting certain things from just being a creator to more being an owner. And I'm like, hmm, this is this is really interesting, right? Yeah. To to the yeah. point where um and look into that that um that that interview, right, where he even explains how you can invest in certain things that I gave to Moose. Like maybe we got to look into this, right? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And just that little switch, but that's why these interviews and, and 
content and everything is shouldn't just be something we consume. It's just something that we literally take and we execute on. It's like, okay, cool. If there's a new wave of erasable pens, right? Everybody and their mamas is, is talking about coming out with their own. Okay, who makes them? Who makes them? How do I get into deal with them? How do I get to talk to them? What are the other competitors doing to make something like that? How do I get in the game with them? You know, not how can I come out with my own is how, what are the different parts? You know, who does this very well? Um, people who, who invest in stocks, like what I realize when it comes to Apple, it's like, they'll look into the different parts of what makes the computer and yeah, invest in those way. too, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, because yeah, you want to invest in Apple, but Apple has this situation, this graphics card, this, the, the, you know, these different hardwares. Mm -hmm. Are you also, because when they're up, those are up too. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, shout out, shout out to Chameleonaire for just helping even a creator like me just start thinking about, hmm, that's, let's not just think about being first to create it, even though that should still, right? Mm -hmm. But not before, how do you maximize the most out of this particular wave or opportunity? That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, that's good. I mean, but um, this was a great, great episode. The after show, I feel, is going to be amazing, right? Uh, so Apple Podcasts, if you don't have Apple Podcasts, go get an iPad or an old iPhone, put Wi-Fi on it, get Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to the All Access Squad real quick, fast, in a hurry. Um, Tuesdays, live show, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. West Coast time, we tried all platforms. It worked pretty well. It worked pretty well. It was well. good last time. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're going to try it again. So you can find us on Facebook, on uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, all these great places. Okay. Um, but the main one, of course, is YouTube. And like I said before, shout out to all our YouTube followers. Um, and Moose, final words. Yeah, don't don't let your intuition fall numb because you're trying to copy somebody else's style. In 2022, it is more important that you do it wrong your way than trying to copy someone else's style and fail. Like notice I didn't say try to copy somebody else and win or do it your way and win. I'm saying it's literally more important that you trust your intuition and even get it wrong because you'll learn parts of you that don't belong or ways to do it better. But don't let your intuition fall numb because you're trying to do something that somebody else is doing.